You're listening to Good Poetry, the podcast about exactly that. My name is Andrew Coons. I don't know about you, but when I think back to the first times that I was exposed to poetry as a kid, it didn't necessarily grab my attention at that time. It felt lofty, antiquated, stuffy, just not for me. But a love for poetry that's cultivated from an early age can open a young person's mind up to so much more in the world. I'm joined today by up-and-coming Indianapolis-based poet Katie Anthonison. Katie is working on a program to bring poetry into schools and help expose kids to a love of poetry at an early age. She joins me via Skype for a great conversation about poetry and relevancy. So Katie, thank you for taking the time to, to chat with me today. Um, I guess just to start, I would love to hear a little bit about kind of your background with writing, um, what type of writing you do, and why poetry is something that that's kind of stands out for you. Yeah, um, so I have kind of always been writing. Um, it's actually kind of a funny story. I um, was going through my mom's closet and came across some old um, like report cards and things like that from elementary school. I mean, I was probably maybe second grade and the teacher had written on the back of, of one of the report cards. I don't remember the exact wording, but it was something like um, she saw potential in my writing abilities and my creativity and could see that becoming something. I mean, of course those weren't the exact words. And I remember looking at that and thinking, why, why didn't I know this? Like it took me so long to even know that I could write. I mean, I, I wrote things, but I hid them from people and I didn't really want to show them because I thought that, you know, they weren't good enough or it would be weird or or someone would make fun of me. And so that's kind of, I, I think I've been doing that my whole life. I can't even remember a time when I wasn't writing Um, But I like to do um, more like free verse poetry, Um, although that's not so much how I started, but that's kind of where I've fallen now. Um, But I really, I think it's been a way to um, kind of express my feelings when I don't think I can do so in any other fashion. Um, It's really gotten me through a lot of hard times that I didn't realize it was getting me through until now when I look back on it, of course, and and I notice it now. I tend to write about um, more of my struggles. I I, I find it easier to write about my struggles than I do about um, positive things necessarily. I don't know why that is. Um, I've tried to write more things a little more, you know, upbeat and and positive and it's just not there. I don't know why. Um, I just can't. So I kind of tend to be a little darker. Um, Do you find that you identify with poets that write in that same style as well? Yeah, I do. Um, Usually that's kind of when I'm more inspired when I, when I come across a poem, um, or even a spoken word um, video. And it's, it usually kind of pulls up my heartstrings a little bit more when it's something um, a little deeper. Not so, I mean, and I really like the one, the poems that are, you know, kind of funny and, and they're lighthearted. I love watching those, 
Um, but those aren't the ones where I immediately like want to start writing afterwards. And I, and I'm, you know, totally inspired. I just don't think they speak to me in, in that type of sense necessarily. Yeah, I can relate. I think that a lot of my stuff personally comes from a little bit more of maybe that, that confessional style. And while I love and appreciate nature poetry and, you know, lighter topics, um, I, I find that I tend to feel like I'm trying to write poetry when I write yes, those things. Absolutely. That's the versus, perfect way to put it. Yeah. Versus just writing what's really true to me. Yeah. So in the spirit of that, um, would you like to share a poem with us? Yeah. Okay. This one is called The Baby That Never Learned to Speak. Mother, why have you silenced my voice? Why have you trained my throat to close at the first sign of opinion? Why are my vocal cords wrapped as tight as your gold necklace buried deep in your jewelry box? Words dance across my tongue. They weave in and out of my teeth. I suck on them like a piece of candy. I bury them in my cheeks, chew on them like gum, swallow them away, beg my stomach to keep them. To you, they are as translucent as smoke. They hold no shape. They visit my lungs and return back to the air, slipping through my lips and disappear. I disappear. Do you still see me, mother? Am I just a cold chill you get when you step outside with your sweater? Your daughter says hello. She's now a map recognized only for her countries, only for her soft spots, only for her gold and oil, because that's all she feels she can offer. She is water on the stove boiling over. She is a storm door against a thousand hurricanes. She has saged your rooms and bore twins for the gods, caused earthquakes with her mouth, sparked flames that burnt continents to the ground. Her words have angles and dimensions, casted shadows. They are full of meat. They stick to your ribs. They climb from her mouth. Here I am. I am here. It's interesting to me because, you know, obviously people bring their own thoughts and experiences and backgrounds to poetry when they're reading it, which is one of the reasons why I think poetry gets a bad rap because it can seem inaccessible at first. And when you learn to read poetry, part of it is learning to bring some of yourself to it. Um, cause I even hear, you know, the very first or the, the title of this, the baby who never learned to speak. And I bring, I bring all sorts of connotations to that based on my background. And then the poem turned out to be something very different. Um, I, I wonder, is this one of those more personal ones for you? And, um, you know, what, what, what was the experience of writing this one? Like this one is, it is a personal one. Um, it, this one was written from, you know, my point of view, um, about my relationship with my mom, which is great now, um, but it wasn't always. It, it was very um, not good uh, for a lot of years. Um, and, and I wrote it in a time where I was really mad at her. And, you know, I felt like she didn't understand me. She didn't get me. And, and sometimes I... I don't want to go too deep into it because I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, bashing her or anything. Um, I, I always kind of felt like I couldn't express myself. Um, she wasn't very affectionate and, you know, and things like that. And, and so I, a lot of my emotions, I, I kept to myself. Um, so I kind of wrote the poem at, out of anger. Like I wish that I felt like I had a voice um, because I don't know where I would be right now if I, if I did. You know, where would my writing be if I thought it was good at an earlier age or, you know, where I didn't think 
that I would be made fun of if I showed it to anyone or it would just be, you know, another stupid thing that I'm doing. So it was kind of a very raw um, situation when I when I wrote it. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it you know ties back to that, you know, what you were telling us at the beginning about, you know, seeing those notes from the teacher and what, what if you had seen those as a kid and, and not had those kind of hidden from you. Um, there's there's a real element of this idea of lost potential that I think a lot of people struggle with. It's it's hard to not sit and kind of do the whole, well, what if this or what if that? Um, for me, poetry and writing in general can sometimes be a way to chase that down a little bit and come to terms with it and be like, well, that could have been, but this is where I'm at now. Yep. That's something that kind of, it, it bothers me a lot. Um, and that's, you know, another reason why I did um, the program that I, that I started. It, it's kind of all based around that um, thought. Well, let's talk about that program. Um, so you are working on a program for kids in school and bringing poetry uh, into schools uh, with kids. Can just tell us about that? What what are you what are you working on? Yeah, well, it's called Youth Speaks, um, and it's in its very early stages. But it's a program to bring poetry, um, lyricism, spoken word um, to schools really for the reason that we were just talking about it's if I had known that poetry was even a real thing I mean to me when I look back on my you know time in school poetry was Shakespeare you know dead white guys like I, I didn't even know that it was current and you know popular you know I didn't know you could do anything with it so it I did nothing and I never thought I was good at anything. You know, my brothers played sports and they were great at it. And I was just kind of always on the sidelines. Like, there's really nothing I'm good at. And the whole time I was, I just didn't know it. Um, and I really want to show kids that there is a world for them. If that's what they're interested in, if that's what they're good at and they like doing, um, it's there. They just may not know that. Um, so that's kind of the basis of the whole program. This is really exciting to hear about. Um, my day job is in an education adjacent field. Um, and one of the things that I hear get talked about a lot is this idea of relevancy. Um, and is the current curriculums that, that are being taught in schools relevant to kids, whether it's, you know, just based on time and, you know, okay, let's talk about modern poets versus just Shakespeare, whether it's based on, you know, honoring the fact that we're a diverse country and it's not, you know, all Anglo-Saxon, you know, European history that we should be incorporating and learning about. Um, what, what are some of the things that you're going to be doing to kind of bring poetry to these kids and help them discover their voice? Like, do you have like practical things that you have planned out? Yeah, I do have some things planned out. Um, I really, really want to focus on the spoken word part of it. Um, mainly because I think that that's such a good tool to have at an early age. Um, like right now, uh, I, I'm 33 years old and I um, do events and I want to puke before I go on stage. I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing one tomorrow. I'm doing one on the 16th and I, I'm literally like sick 
over it because I'm petrified. And, you know, I, I think if I, if I had that practice at an earlier age, I don't think I would be as um, scared. It wouldn't feel as foreign to me being on stage and talking, hearing my own voice. That's terrible. So I really want to focus on that part of it. Um, you know, learning to get on stage, learning to be in front of people, you know, having confidence, not care, cares what people think it's art. It's, there are no rules. You can literally do anything you want. Like that's a middle schooler's dream is to have no rules. Like this is for you. It's perfect. And I really want to focus on that. Um, we are going to do, you know, writing and, you know, like a journal type of situation. And, but I want to find some relevant poets, you know, in this day and age, even some their age, you know, that they can really relate to. I mean, you know, even rap music kind of stems from, you know, spoken word poetry, and it's so very closely related. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the, most of the songs that I, I've been involved in or helped with were rap songs. I mean, I was working with, you know, rappers, and, and it was not, um, you know, there are songs out there that are just your basic radio song and it's just, you know, money and drugs and, you know, whatever. Um, that's not so much my lane, but there are rappers that do rap about, you know, real life things. And it's very much spoken word, you know, when it's in its beginning stages before it becomes a song. Um, and I think that's something that I really want to um, kind of bring to the table in the program that I have, um, kind of showing them that it's, it's so similar because you would, I mean, I think a lot of times rappers are cool and, and poets aren't, but they're literally the same. They're the same. I, I think that's a big misconception. And I really want to try to, you know, move past that. And yeah, I agree with it. I think that if we could get kids to, and, and not just kids, adults too, to realize that, hey, poetry is not, it, or at least it doesn't have to be this stuffy thing. And that, hey, if you like free verse, there's a place for you. And if you like structure, there's a place for you as well. You want to talk about, you know, what's going on in your home life. That's great. If you want to talk about a flower outside that's as valid as well it's it's infinite absolutely it, it it's all it all matters it's all relevant it's it's you can pick and choose what you want what you want to hear what you want to listen it, it's not that one is bad and one's not it's just like turning on the radio you may not like the song you turn it to a different station I mean it's but you don't ever stop and think you know that song was done wrong you know it, it wasn't done wrong. It, it, you just don't like it. And, and I think that's kind of a big, a big thing. Um, you know, another big thing I want to, I want to try to kind of bring out, you know, that there are different ways of writing. There's different ways of delivering it. There's just, you can do anything you want. The creativity is, is limitless. I would love to hear another poem. Um, if you have one to share, I don't have a title for this one yet. Um, 
I literally just wrote it a couple days ago. So, um, it, yeah, it, it's, it has no title. I, I'm still working on timing and all that. Cause this is a, you know, a spoken word, um, situation here. So, okay. How do I tell my son he is prey for the dogs? How do I tell him that the phantom calluses on his feet are a hologram of where he's been? How do I tell him that the roots stirring in his belly will one day force an oak tree from his mouth, that his license and registration will one day form the barrel of a gun, that one day the dogs will come sniffing? How do I tell him to watch his blackness, to hide inside of himself, see these phantom wounds still bleed? They pour from his pant legs as he plays with all the white kids at recess. They spin and spin until they're so dizzy they can no longer stand. So they collapse on their backs and watch the sky spin above them. How do I tell my son that one day the sky will stop spinning? That the very people that he grew up with and played games with at recess will one day see him as the thorn in society's side, a nuisance, a dangerous animal selling loose cigarettes for cash, as a dangerous teenager holding a bag of Skittles, as a monster reaching for a gun that looks so similar to his registration. I guess mistakes happen. I guess hatred conceives deep in their heels. It works its way up like a cancer penetrating every muscle and bone. It lives in the strands of their hair and it buries itself inside their skin. They vomit on themselves daily and are comfortable in it. They start their sentences with, I'm not racist or anything, but... The butt is a bullet aimed at your head. Their words are sharp and meant to cut the blackness from inside of you, meant to shame you, meant to strip your ancestors from your back, meant to hang you from the very trees that you planted in the soil that God gave to only you. How do I tell my son that one day white privilege will fall around his feet the way the wet, heavy leaves of fall hit the ground? How do I tell him that no matter how hard he works, it can all be taken away? because his skin shimmers and his hair curls around my fingertips and melanin drips from his pores the way a river flows so steady and calm but powerful all at the same time. How do I tell my son to raise his head and hold his fist and bend his knee to never hold his tongue, to never let the words sit in the back of his throat, don't let the words shatter his teeth and tear open his mouth. My son is prey for the dogs and I fucking dare them to come. Of course, it'll have a little more, you know, power behind it on stage, but it felt pretty powerful. You know, as as a white man, there's a there's a lot that I can't relate to, um, and a lot that is happening in culture um, that poems such as that are an amazing window for someone like me to go. This is not an experience that I grew up with. This is not an experience I have now or that my children are having right now, but this is real and this is valid and this is present and important. Um, I appreciate you sharing that poem. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to do that. There's a line fairly near the beginning that said something to the effect of, you know, how do I tell them that one day the, the clouds will stop spinning or the sky will stop spinning. Um, and that really struck me, just that idea of kids playing and there's that innocence now and it's 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 going to be lost. And as a parent, that's one of the great heartbreaks is that 
you just you know it's it's a it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and that is terrifying and real and we all come to terms with that in our own ways but um yeah i I related a lot to that part for different reasons but yeah i think that part can really be kind of interpreted in so many different ways because i think i think the sky probably stopped spinning for all of us in in some fashion whether it be that or you know something else i mean i think it can be um relatable really for anybody Thank you so much for listening. You can find Katie on Instagram and Facebook via the links in the show notes. You can follow Good Poetry on Instagram and Facebook at Good Poetry Podcast. Until next time, happy reading.